to wrap up right now too. Coaching Curacao right now. We got five openings right now. Uh, with the early one getting beheaded earlier in the season was the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Matt Rule was back on October 10th. About a month later, it was November 7th. Uh, the Colts hire, which Bill Cowher was very uh, critical of on CBS uh, back in one of the pre or post games. Uh, we heard and got ripped to shreds by uh, Chris Pandog Russo. He also had the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, fired the day after Christmas. Lovey Smith uh, basically kind of stuck it to the Texans right there by going for the winning two point conversion instead of securing the number one pick. Bears are about a factor of that. It'll be a question that they're going to trade down that pick and turn the multiple picks build team or keep the number pick for interior defense lineman or edge rusher. And of course, you got the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury. All those five teams between the Cardinals, Texans, Broncos, Colts, Panthers, which one would you say looks more attractive for someone to come into and work with all those teams? I think it's either the Colts or the Panthers jobs, I think are, are two really good jobs. Um, I think the – now, neither owner necessarily I would want to work for. I think Ursay is probably a decent, nice guy, but – he obviously um, isn't afraid to just make crazy decisions. And um, I didn't think Frank Reich deserved to be fired after nine games. I mean, they were right in the hunt. Um, you know, I do think that the South – so so if you look at the pros and cons of the Colts, you know, I wouldn't want to work for that owner personally, but it's a team that, you know, what, a year ago was 9-8, and eight, two years ago was 11-5. and five. So, I mean, it's a team that largely is intact, is pretty good. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the league. They have a, a really good offensive line, a good defense with, the, you know, Leonard and company. So, um, you know, nice city to live in, you know. Uh, and the division isn't that hard, even though Jacksonville looks like they're going to be a good team here for a while. And it looks like – and I think Mike Vrabel is a really good coach, so I don't expect the Titans to be to be down forever. And it does look like Houston's going to be I, – I don't see really a future in sight for them as far as being good. Um, those are the pros and cons there. Um, you know, Carolina, again, similar situation. I mean, you're in a weak division. I mean, those are the two weakest divisions in the league that we're talking about. So, uh, and now with Brady most likely leaving, well, he's going to leave Tampa Bay. He's done there. So, uh, I'd probably go Carolina. I think Tepper I'd rather work for, I think, even though, again, he's kind of pulled the trigger on coaches as well. Uh, yeah, I think that Carolina would, would be my pick. I, I just thought they played really well under Wilkes down the stretch. They kind of showed what they can do. I keep Wilkes personally. That's what I would do. doesn't look like they're going to do that. Then I might hire Hackett as the OC and and do that. But, uh, but I think Carolina would be the job I'd pick. I'd probably go with the Colts only. Probably if the Colts you can, whoever gets that job, you got to look at it from a legacy standpoint too to reestablish the Colts. Plus, they need to quit doing these band-aid jobs in game like uh, – quarterbacks where it's like Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, or like these vets, they had quick fixes for like the last three seasons. You need a franchise quarterback right now and someone to work with. Kind of like how Sean Payton did with the Saints. Doesn't seem like likely, you know, he's going to be coming back soon. Maybe that'll change. But one last thought before I get you out here, Brian. Thanks, Jeff, for doing this, by the way. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Uh, since we're uh, easily talk Steelers before in the past, Brian Flores right now. That almost a year ago since he's uh, sued the league after being talked in by the owner of the Miami uh, Dolphins, accusing him of having him trying to like lose games, get draft capital. Now, remember, he was fired by the Miami Dolphins owner at the end of that season. Uh, he's, had, he's had a pretty good legit uh, track record there. Did not make the playoffs, but 
Mike Tomlin obviously took a chance on him, looked out for him, uh, and did a pretty good, solid job. It was patience, but they got the run defense back in the respectability. Now he's getting some opportunity as a defense coordinator. I know the Browns was one of the very first teams that called him. Scale of 1 to 10, how soon, likely in the next year or two or three, that he gets back to a head coaching position? Man, I don't know. How soon the league? That's a good question. I didn't mean cut you off. That's a good question. I think uh, – I don't know. I – he might never get another one. I, I honestly, uh, and I don't know if he wants another one. I mean, he probably does. Who you know, it could be replacing Mike Tomlin when Mike Tomlin decides to retire when he when he does. Honestly, um, and I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that Flores is leaving. I think that there was a consensus that he might just because he was obviously very overqualified to do the job he did in Pittsburgh. He wasn't even a, a defensive coordinator. He was like assistant you know, assistant head coach and defensive, whatever, secondary background, whatever he was doing. But, um, but yeah, not a, like a, you know, the main coordinator of a unit. Right. Um, but I think he's valued in Pittsburgh and I think for Flores, and again, I don't know him, but I would imagine he probably is also looking at what kind of environment does he want to work in? Right. And I'm sure I, I think by all accounts, he's happy in Pittsburgh. He likes working in Pittsburgh. He likes working with Mike Tomlin. I don't know if you heard that Kenny Pickett's podcast with Cam Hayward recently, where he said that Flores has really helped him work on the two minute offense with the advice that he gave him and they were texting and stuff. And so, you know, Flores is, is valued in Pittsburgh and I could see, you know, Tomlin down the line, you know, if he coaches a few more years, gives the reins to Flores. Now Flores at that point would probably had, had to have ascended to defensive coordinator, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, Head coaching part's interesting because if you're looking at it right now, he's not getting any head coaching looks. So I don't know if we'll ever get another uh, chance to be a head coach. I thought I heard what the Houston Texans like, coach swore. I heard from a source, uh, not, nothing final. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe the Texans. But why would you? I why would you want that job? I mean, no, I mean, Texans are proven to be toxic. The last well, that not years, not to mention they they don't give minority coaches much of a shot. So I, if I'm him, that would be. If I'm him, I would rather take a coordinator job in Denver over the head coaching job in Houston, right? Just my, my two cents. I tell um, you one, sorry for cutting you off. But I'd say one team, if they were to consider him, if they decide to give him a head coaching job, I look at the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray right there. Kyler Murray's put Cliff Kingsbury on blast, very upset for having the stipulations in the contract to have over like four hours of study to get the guaranteed money. He was looking triggered on his cloth. I would find the Cardinals be an interesting one as well, right there. Someone you can work with. I think he's still a pretty good quarterback, mobility-wise. Pass needs someone to relate to and continue to take the next gradual steps to be a big game winner. I don't know. There's something about him that doesn't pass the sniff test to me. I'm not really sure what it is. I think that there's some maturity problems. There was obviously that clause in there. It seems like he is mopey. Again, I don't know him well. I've never spoken with him, but to me, there's something there with Murray that does not pass the sniff test. And again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe somebody will come in there. I mean, he's a good player. Like you said, I mean, he's a pro bowl caliber guy, but to me, there's just something there that just seems a little off. Well, thank you very much, Brian. And uh, speaking of off, we're going to have to go ahead and call this one a close, but my friend is been a while seeing my friend, a lot of interesting uh, times has took a place man. Uh glad to be at the Steelers Raiders game a couple months ago. Still heartbroken over Franco's passing. Me too. I'm starting to wonder, like, who will be that next person if they ever decide to do another Jersey retirement. 
I tell you what, I tend to think maybe Ben Rosberger, but I thought about this a couple of days ago. If they're going to do Ben Rosberger, why not do Terry Bradshaw and Ben Rosberger at the same time? Only because the gap in between buying a franchise quarterback, you don't want to slight Bradshaw as much as he's been away from the organization for a lot of years and move out of his life, but Right. I think both have been instrumental. Those would be my closing thoughts to you. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, my the only thing that to me with the retirements that is kind of unfortunate is like, like, I mean, Jack Ham had a huge impact on those teams, right? Um, Mel Blunt had a huge Im- impact on those teams, and neither one will probably get their jerseys retired. So I think that's really the only thing. Now, Joe Green was so amazing and was such an impact on that team that he, he's a defensive tackle, but he's going to get it. But after that, I mean, and not that Franco didn't deserve it. He definitely did and and certainly was deserving. But I think after that, it gets harder because, you know, Bradshaw should, as you said. But to me, it's like, what are the Steelers looking for with retired jerseys? It seems clear to me that you have had to have continued to have a relationship with the team post-playing days. Now, I know Franco never had... I don't think an official role of the team since he retired, but he, it, you know, he was still very big in the Pittsburgh community. I'm sure if you watch that football life, I'm sure you did right with Franco. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen it a couple of times already. You know, Franco was still very much in the community. He still was at Steelers games. He was still doing things with the, with the team. He was big with the hall of fame museum. Uh, did you visit that by the way? Uh, unfortunately, just no disrespect, but to Uber and Lyft prices, especially in today's economy, no disrespect. <laughs> I, I, I had to cut my trip just a little bit short, but I mean, understandably, but it was uh, nice to see that online. I, did have but I wrote it. I wrote a story about the Hall of Honor Museum, if you or anybody yeah. wants to read it. And it, I kind of gave it my read. Check that out. Thought it was awesome. Thought it was awesome. And to me, to me, it for you it's a trip down your experience as a fan is how what i would say and and you don't know that when you're going in but they have a section for each era the 70s 80s all of them and to me it's kind of like whichever one you spend the most time on is probably the era that meant the most to you and you kind of go through your own memories of being a fan to me, I spent most of my time reading about the 90s team because that was the team I grew up with, right? And right. so uh, really, really cool. It's not very big, but it's big enough. I mean, it's got everything you need, and it's a great, great thing. And, and I like not big meaning you could whiz through it, and you could take your time, and it's an hour, or you can go through it fast. It'll take you 30 minutes. I took about 45 minutes to walk it. Um, but it's really awesome. Highly recommend it. Uh, I do think Bradshaw should be the next guy if they ever do choose to retire another Jersey. And then, you know, Ben, after that, Jerome would be a guy. I think they should retire his Jersey, Troy. But again, what, you know, I think for the Steelers, um, they do try to look at guys that remained a fixture with the team post playing days. And I don't think that Terry qualifies there. So, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, what Ben decides to do in his retirement. Definitely. Well, Brian, it is a pleasure as always. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, follow this wonderful man on Twitter and Instagram at Brian Diario. He He's a CBS writer right there. Always posting good stuff, still Steelers related, but also across the league. Uh, Brian, I can't wait to see the formality of these uh, playoffs right now. Final four right now. Uh, sad that we're at this point because it's near the end of football, but then 
spring football. Ugh, oh, it's never oh, over, Charles. It's never here. over, man. It's never over. It's free agency. It's the draft. Oh, I know. Just talk about camp, like camp. Camp. right there. Oh, I feel you, but it's it's never over, man. It's never <laughs> over. <laughs> we have some chunky soup right now from back in the days of Harry Callis's voice. Well, anyway, yes, Brian, sir. thanks, Scott, for joining us. Once again, you can follow me on uh, social media as well, at MetalSteelCGR and at MetalSteelNation on Twitter and Instagram. As always, leave it. Don't be trolling. Be rolling. Brian, stay safe. And, uh, Chief, please stay in touch, man. You too, Charles. We'll do, buddy. See ya. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>